I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Islanders Anxiety, the podcast from Lighthouse Hockey. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me this evening via Skype is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, uh, like when we spoke after the first few games of the Islanders-Penguins series, we did not expect the Islanders to be up three games to none. Uh, I probably, I think that neither of us thought we would be talking about the Islanders being down two games to none to the Hurricanes, but that's exactly where they are right now. Yeah, it sucks. Uh there's just there there's no time for silver linings at this point but i think the the fact that they played well enough to win both games they definitely deserve to win today being game two and uh makes it hurt a little bit more uh for sure uh yeah that seems to be the prevailing thought from today's game uh which is that the islanders deserved to win if not at least get the game to overtime um they had the better of the expected goals, the better of shots, the better of high danger chances, the better of basically everything except for the pipes, the crossbars, and general uh, luck of the game. Uh, one Hurricanes player in Arthur Staples' game story 
called it a horseshoe up the ass type of game, <laughs> which uh, is a phrase I've heard before. I've heard of a horseshoe being up your ass uh, as a, you know, meaning you have a lot, had a lot of luck. And when the other team says they were lucky to win that game, you know, you played pretty well. But like you said, um, you know, playing pretty well and losing in a game is okay if it's, you know, February and you're three or four points ahead of the team behind you, or it's November and the game, the season is just kind of getting started. When you're already down one nothing in a playoff series, and then you get a game where you were out playing your opponent and still lost, that is less of a good feeling. <laughs> it's in fact, it's a pretty shitty feeling as we're all experiencing right now. So you were actually at both games. So I'm interested to hear kind of what your thoughts were on the sort of you know not only just the game but like the atmosphere of both games because. I thought the first game was fine. I didn't watch today's game, unfortunately, but I was seeing Avengers Endgame, which was very good. You should go see it if you haven't already. Um, but I'm just kind of interested because I thought game one was fine, like in terms of crowd noise and atmosphere and all that stuff. It seemed fine, at least on the TV. Yeah, uh, the uh, the atmosphere Friday was it was really strange um, because I think the, the pregame hype was great, right? The, the, I took a subway from work and as soon as you got off the train, like I was meeting a couple people at the bar and it's so funny during playoff runs, how you, you, you end up like developing like a playoff family almost like, <laughs> uh, I've got friends from, from high school and, and even beyond that, that I know that they're just a huge Islander fans and, and maybe I don't see them quite often, uh, you know, in day to day life, but during the playoff runs that, that they've had, like, these are the people like I talk to probably more than anybody just because <laughs> they know exactly like the feelings that we're going through. Right. So I can't really talk to, you know, my my best friend who might who's not an Islander fan because he doesn't understand just how low it feels right now or how high it felt on uh, when they beat the Penguins. But it is funny, like just this crew of people you, you kind of amalgamate amalgamate in in a in a playoff run. And so, I you know, I met all these people up at the at a bar I dropped my bag off and, and, um, the pregame atmosphere was great. It felt like, all right, like this isn't tailgating in the parking lot, but it's nice. We're all talking about the game and how we're nervous and whatever. And then we, you got in there and, and the building is just, it's so manufactured, the atmosphere that like it, it's, it's, we, I think people were, had built themselves up. So to be so excited before the game that when they actually stepped into Barclays center and, re, and, Sure, we all knew it wasn't going to be the Coliseum, but when you actually did, and like the first big hit didn't ring ring like a standing ovation like it would have in Nassau, uh, people I think started to get discouraged, and and I don't really blame people. Like I, if some fans like in my section today were like yelling at at each other for like not being loud enough, and some guy was let, you know it was just like it was it, there was too much uh, there there was just we were too almost too far away from each other. There weren't any like um, there weren't any chance that like sustained over like a minute or two like they they do in big games at the Coliseum, and that's just because the a, the building is just terribly designed for for a hockey game and everything's manufactured. So like sure today for example when the Islanders killed off that five on three like it got really loud in there for thirty seconds and then all of a sudden you got the the DJ playing you know, really loud music and just drowning out the crowd noise. And the same thing goes with like every, every commercial, uh, every whistle, there's a, one of those canned movie, you know, clips of, you know, Herb Brooks giving his miracle speech or, or Braveheart, one of the 1800 speeches in Braveheart. Miss, <laughs> there was a mystery Alaska thing. 
uh, it's just like it's it's so manufactured that like it takes it. The fans should be the ones directing like that kind of show. And and at Barclays Center, it's just don't do it. And it's it's hypocritical to complain about it because like I was saying, all this whole run, like if once we get to the second round, I don't care where they play, but it is they just have not done a good job. It <laughs> it really like honestly, if you walked in there. If you, you you took somebody from Luxembourg and said, all right, you're going to go to this playoff game. You don't know who it's, who's going to be playing until you step foot inside the building and you have two guesses. It's either going to be the Brooklyn Nets or the New York Islanders. That person would be like, I would bet my life it's the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> like There's like there's very little Islanderization of it. Yeah. And, it it's, and it's just like so par for the course. Like these people, I think it was Brett Sergalis and, and I think Staples said something too on Friday, like – when you, when you came up from the subway on from Brooklyn for like the beat reporters getting there for like the morning skates or whatever, it's like you would have no idea that there was a huge playoff game happening that they, night. They were putting up signage that that morning and that afternoon, and it's like there's no know, excuse for that. Yeah, and I mean, on, on one hand, it's sort of like you know, do we really need to know this? But on the other hand, it's like that's really kind of stupid. <laughs> like, did they not think anybody would notice? And it's, it's like throwing somebody a birthday party and like, but you know, just not putting anything up until, you know, it's a few hours before. And then before you know it, everybody's eating, you know, Ritz crackers off of a paper plate. It's like, that's not really a party. It's like, yeah, you threw a party, but this isn't really a party. And, and, you know, I think continuing with that food theme, it's, it's a little bit like, you know, your favorite local mom and pop, restaurant that's been in business for 40 years and maybe it's, a, it's probably a diner and you know they've been servicing the the community forever and people like it and you know maybe it's not the best food in the world but it's cheap and it's good and it's always there when you need it versus you know TGI Fridays with where you know TGI Fridays is fine if I, I ate at Chili's today it's exactly like TGI Fridays it's fine but it's very impersonal it you know the, the more they try and make it personal the less personal it feels, you know, and it's like all this manufactured yeah. junk, you know, nostalgia on the walls. It's like, dude, I just I just came here for a hamburger. It's really not that big a deal, it's, you know, and they charge you twice as much as the local place does. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I thought it felt OK, but, you know, it, it I think it's I know you're afraid of sending hypocritical. But at the same time, like this is the first time we've ever done it both ways. You know, <laughs> it's the, the last time the Islanders were in the playoffs at Barclays Center. We didn't have the games at Nassau to compare it to. And. Quite frankly, those games were phenomenal. They were really, really good. And, and you know, if anything, it feels hypocritical to say that after all these years of being like, they're never going to play there again. Well, here they are. And now we kind of wish they were playing there again. Yeah, there's <laughs> just there's just there's, you know, we're being hypocritical. But then like there's just so many things you think back to the day they announced it, like the the, the how NHL it is that the 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 non major league facility is the one where with ice. I mean, the ice has been just <laughs> been pretty bad yeah <laughs> trash it's yeah. it's the coliseum ice against the penguins wasn't good mm-hmm. I, I i distinctly remember casey sezik is just completely yeah. you know falling flat on his face i think i think it was game one yeah that and the penguins the goal, scored right? <laughs> yeah the penguins scored so like it's not like the ice at the coliseum was no was great but this it to, to have it be worse than that is really sad. I, somebody said, I feel like it was Cal Clutterbuck who said the ice everywhere is bad. Like if you get good ice, that's that's rare, you know. Yeah. So I'm sure the ice in Dallas and and in San Jose is I, gonna be pretty I, bad too. I was I was thinking, I was like, today I was trying so hard not to think about that, and then um, I can't remember who it was. Someone on the Hurricanes like fell right in the, the it seemed to be the, the where the Islanders shot twice. That end, the left face off. If the so the goalie's right 
shooters left face off circle was really bad. Someone fell and I was just like, I thought about that. Exactly. Like, you know, everywhere has bad ice, but I've been watching a lot of hockey the past, you know, <laughs> month and I haven't seen yeah. more than two people in a game. If that that's being generous, lose an edge. Uh, so it's, I mean, I just, I think, I just think it's like, it's, it's never a conversation piece. You know what I'm right. saying? Like with an Islanders game is. Right. Know, it never comes up in conversation. Like if the ice is bad, maybe it's a player who's like, yeah, it wasn't that great. But meanwhile, at an, with the Islanders, like they're talking about it during the game and it mm-hmm. comes up in game stories that the ice was yeah. bad and the players are like, oh, it was bad. So it becomes a thing. basically. Yeah, it's just and it's, it, there's just so many. I think they had the Barclays Center had a really good chance to kind of just get back in the Islander fans. Good graces mm-hmm. by just putting in. Like, just a half-ass effort would have been fine because it's <laughs> it's what it's ba- it's more than what they're doing and and I like even like like today uh, I got on a train at one fifty one it was supposed to land at two twenty eight or two twenty nine at Barclays and we just stopped outside Jamaica for you know a good twenty minutes and it, that was frustrating in itself but the most frustrating part was that they just never say anything on the the Long Island Railroad and it's just like those the Barclays Center and the Long Island Railroad are like the perfect they're perfect for each other because <laughs> neither one of them will ever be held to task. There's no right. reason for them to to go the extra mile for the mm. fans because you got no other choice. Like right. you're you're either gonna you don't want to take the Long Island Railroad to the city for work every day. Fine. Like you're never gonna get you, you know you're not gonna good luck driving to your job or and the Barclays Center is like all right you don't want to come to the Barclays Center for these games like enjoy the Kansas City Islanders. <laughs> so it's just like yeah. we're we're it sucks and um, the it, situation they're in. Uh, I was really hoping it, I mean, I'm not, first of all, there's no, I'm not blaming the Barclays Center for either one of these losses. Mm. Do I think that like, there's definitely, you know, if if it's a one, I think Barry Trotz himself said, you know, if there's a a 1% edge among each or increase in each player just because of the Coliseum, like that's a really big deal. Mm. So losing that, that, maybe that's what it is. It's, you know, a a small sliver of of a percentage towards a win that per player that goes down uh but it, it was a d minus I, I would say for <laughs> yeah. both games like combined it was just it's just it it is funny not, that you it, equate barclays with the metro uh, the mta because yeah they, they both they know they both have new yorkers over a barrel basically it's either use us or don't but they always want like pats on the back for what they do which is like yeah this could be a lot better you know but yeah. no it's good no no it really isn't but um, yeah, no, I don't. I again, I, I agree with that. I don't think nobody's nobody's blaming the building for what's happened with the Islanders and why they're down two games to none. And let, let's just talk about that real quick. Like I said, over the course of these last two games, they've played pretty well. Um, you could make the case that game one was the weaker game. Um, they the little you know they did have ten days off, uh, and the rust was kind of evident in the first few minutes but after that um they were pretty good and i mean you could you could basically say that they probably had the better of play although it was close i mean the hurricanes had a lot of chances too but shots were even at 31 apiece uh both teams went 0 for 4 on the power play which is either good or or bad <laughs> depending on how you look at it the difference was peter morazic who you know we talked about robin leonard sort of being the islanders x factor well here comes peter morazic and he matches leonard literally save for save it was zero zero going into overtime i mean how the how many playoff games could we say that for certainly not too many islanders games over the last couple of years um but you know they're in overtime and the islanders frankly had the run of play for the most part in early in overtime but cal clutterbuck is coming in uh you know 
breaking into the zone. His, he's going to figure prominently in both of these games, unfortunately. Uh, coming into the zone, he sort of forces a bad pass, which was meant for Anthony Beauvillier, but Beauvillier had peeled off. Uh, Arthur Staples' article in The Athletic after game one has a, a really, really good breakdown of just how many things went wrong on this one play. And so that pass was bad, gets picked off, goes the other way. Um, a bunch of guys are on that shouldn't be on. A bunch of guys have been on for far too long. There's a, a bunch of breakdowns. The Hurricanes kind of hold the puck in the, in the Islander zone for a while. And then a really nifty, frankly, a really nifty pass from Nino Niederreiter banks off the end boards, and it ends up right on the stick of Jordan Stahl, who was almost like perpendicular to the net, and he flings it in, and it actually bounces off Robin Leonard's skate and in. And just like that, the Hurricanes are up one game to none, and you're just like, ah. Oh. And Leonard called it a shitty bounce, and it was kind of a cool bounce, but for him it was kind of a shitty bounce, obviously. And, I mean, they played well. He, Leonard was not the reason they lost that game. If anything, he was the reason for a while they were in overtime. And so, you know, everybody talked about the need to respond and how, you know, it's one game, it's not a big deal. So here comes game two, and the Islanders play better, appreciably, objectively better, and they still lose two to one, <laughs> uh, thanks to forty-eight minute, forty-eight seconds of, of just you know bad bounces and bad luck, and it sucks being down two games to none, heading to Raleigh after and giving the Hurricanes two days rest. This is not the optimal place for the Islanders to be, but at the same time, and I'm looking at our friend Kerry Haber's uh, Twitter feed right here. Islanders had. 50% of the attempts, they had 52% of scoring chances, they had 61, almost 62% high danger chances, and almost 60% expected goals. You can't play a better game than that in the playoffs. You can't. And the Islanders still lost. So I think for me, that's the most frustrating thing is that the things that they need to fix to win games can't necessarily just be fixed with a flick of a switch or a swap of a player. Mm -hmm. You know, they've played well, yeah. they just haven't gotten any bounces. And I mean, how are you supposed to fix that? I don't know. Yeah, uh, it's hard because right? I, I, I really try to preach like say if a, if a call ruins a game or you lose a game because of a call or something like you, you try to stick to like the kind of stuff Barry Trotz and, and other great coaches say. It's like you just move on. You don't you flush it from your memory or whatever. And uh, that's the fresh that is the frustrating thing. It's like these, you know, one or two bounces go the Islanders way and, and this is, you know, two nothing to them. And so you can't really like even dwell on it that they, you know, it does we should touch on it. Like I thought the, the Anders Lee, you know, goal getting called back was just mind blowing because yeah, they've had three goals called back. Right. Yeah. In the last and that, I think that makes what five in the playoffs, which is, it's just bananas. <laughs> and I mean, it, it, just like think about how many Islanders playoff games there have been since the first, the big lockout mm. and how many goals goals they've had called. And this is not a conspiracy theory. Yes, it is. But it's, it's a, it's, just like from the Brendan Witt one against the Sabres, like mm -hmm. there's just there've been just so many weird ones that I just I can't wrap my head around. The the two things that really pissed me off um, from the the refs uh, those first two games was so the first one was the Lee the Lee play and that the fact that it, I don't know what like it, the, the call the penalty I think threw everybody off. Right. I'm not even sure if you can challenge it after a penalty has been called. No, that, so, that was the problem was they couldn't challenge it because there was a penalty attached to it. Yeah. So so why do that? Like I, I just like you're you're already penalizing the team for not, taking the goal off. Go look at it. And then today at the. So, yeah, that sucked. 
But then today, the thing that pissed me off wasn't the Taves thing. I mean, that is such a weird play. Mm-hmm. It was so athletic. It, the, in this, the, the NHL like mm-hmm. needs to figure something out. With, so with basically, the kick. he he kicked it. He he kind of kicked the puck from behind the net, and it bounced off the goalie and in, which is he, still considered from, a kicking he, like, thing. He he did it all by while skating past the puck too. So this was like a no look. He was like, all right, and he the the thing that's annoying is he wasn't trying. I don't maybe he was, but he wasn't. I thought he was just trying to kick it back in front to the slot because he couldn't. He wasn't gonna be able to get a stick around to it. I think Matt Martin was kind of in the area, so he was trying to do that, but it just hit off McElhinney and in. That would have made it two nothing, and probably wouldn't have been the game. But the and then and once that goal didn't count, obviously. Uh, you knew what was coming really quickly, but uh, then Everly hits the crossbar. Mm. It looked, it happened very quickly. Fans celebrated for the, for the fourth time in these two games. Fans, we've celebrated a non-goal, and <laughs> uh, it's it did, so it doesn't go in. It was the right call to not call it a goal, and then all of a sudden, like there's a scramble in front of the net as there is usually when when a puck hits a a crossbar and the go McElhinney's on his, I think he was on his ass. Basically there's like three people in the crease, Eberly or Barzell. One of them is about to get the puck and all of a sudden the rep blows the whistle. Yeah. And so everybody at the uh, Barclay center is like, all right, hmm. that's probably him being like, okay, they it went in then because there's no reason for this guy to stop play. If you know, there's a clear goal scoring opportunity about to unfold. And he then, so he closed, he calls, blows the whistle. No reason. No explanation from no replay, obviously, because mm-hmm. yeah, and and yes, this happens at the Coliseum too. But they don't show any replay. They haven't shown replays for reviews. They didn't do it during the Penguin series either. The, the Barclays Center is even worse with replays, <laughs> and it's like just it was just like what's going on? Like how did you blow that dead? And uh, yeah, there was so nobody really knew why. And yeah. uh, that was just it was just like those those are like hockey gods right there. Mm-hmm. That's like the hockey gods just not wanting you. <laughs> to to do it and, and there was a play like that in the first game too where the, uh, and it, uh, a quick whistle screwed the islanders so yeah uh former referee carrie frazier uh is on twitter and even he after that that scenario you were just talking about was like that was bad like had they just called it you know they would have reviewed it upstairs and the islanders would have gotten time back and you know would have set it up again but to just blow it dead and then be like oh excuse me then they go on it's like no wait a minute that doesn't that's not how it's supposed to work yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's like hockey gods, but like hockey gods sort of manipulating referees, which is like next level hockey gods. It's like X Men hockey gods. You know, <laughs> at that point, um, yeah, it's you know, it's again, I, well, like we said before, like there's nobody wants to hear about silver linings right now. We all know what the silver linings are. The Islanders have played totally fine. You've watched them with your eyes, and you've seen, we've seen the numbers again. Carrie's got a whole series of tweets here that are just like you know showing all the ways in which the Islanders played pretty well. I mean, even like, you know, Matt Barzell played 20 minutes. Uh, Anders Lee and Everly were over 730. Like, he was trying to get stuff going, and it just wasn't happening. And and their PDO at this point is like in the toilet, and they've hit crossbars, and they've had weird stuff happen to them, and they it just hasn't been going right for them, even though they've been doing all the things that they can to score. And, like, again, nobody wants to hear any of that stuff when you're down two games to none. Now – we're going to talk about, you know, games three and four in a second, but like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how, how else to explain what, what's happened other than 
shit happens. And I'm sure yeah. Barry Trotz is telling his his team that, and, and they just, they don't want to hear it any more than we want to hear it. But there's no other way to really describe what it is. And you know, this might get back to to what we've said all year long, which is as good as the Islanders have been. They don't have these sort of like natural sharpshooter types that can just mm-hmm. will a goal into happening. You know, maybe, right. maybe Everly is that guy, but even he's not really that guy. So I don't know. I don't know what they do to fix it going forward that we haven't seen yet. So. Yeah, there is, there's, there are a couple, I think the, the Nelson Kunako Bailey line, which I thought worked really well against the Penguins, their metrics weren't good, but they were, they were winning like little moments, uh, and coming away with goals. Like Kunako would free a puck by throwing his body. Nelson or Bailey would be there to find the other good player. There were two good players on that line. One of them would find the other one and score. And, and that line, it just isn't working against this team. And I think, that is probably going to get sussed out. Um, obviously, Cal Clutterbuck was limping coming off the ice today. It didn't look good. Like, like 20, 30 seconds after basically both teams had left the ice, Clutterbuck was helped off the ice by Matt Martin. So uh, I don't know if he'll be playing. Um, and so, I mean, if I I have a feeling like, you know, this is this is kind of like the part of the, the series where – you know, like when a when a coach pulls the goal or changes a goalie after you know a couple quick goals in the first period, and he says, you know, it's not it's not this goalie's fault. It, we just needed a spark. I think something like that is coming from Trotz. He'll he'll pull like an ace out of his you know he'll play it's basically his only card. Hopefully, he, he uses Michael Del Cole and not Rush Johnston. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as, as no, guy, I don't think right? Ross, but, Big Ross yeah. is getting in there anytime soon. <laughs> but uh, so I mean that. Del Cole obviously hasn't um, been yeah, a prolific score. Yeah, we might see some black ace action coming up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, the Sound Tigers over. are out. Yeah. So, like, I mean, there's there definitely are now some like weird things that he can try to do because you gotta go for it. Um, yeah, I, it's just it is like you said, like it's just there, there, there are there have been like flaws in the Islanders game. Like they they haven't been significant at all. I think uh, like today. Scott Mayfield and Devon Taves were awesome today. Hmm. I thought Ryan Pulak and Anna Pellick were pretty good game one, and, and Pellick was like sensational killing that five on three today. But uh, I think the defense as a whole has, has done its job, uh, you know, basically just doing whatever they need to do. So there's nothing to worry about there. It's just like all the, it's the forwards that need to kind of figure out. Someone's just got to get hot. Uh, hmm. Game one, Val Philpola had a pretty, really, had a really good chance in, in, the first like ten minutes, Josh Bailey had that breakaway. So like what what like one of these you know middle six guys has to go because Barcel's been playing fine, and uh, hopefully like if Del Cole comes in or you know uh, someone else, they they kind of spark the the scoring pizzazz. Because yeah. and listen like I the so first thing I thought about today on the train when I heard some people like just like complaining about how you know the series is over and. and no, the series the series isn't over. Like I, I first thing I th- did was I put myself in the hurricane shoes. If that's, this was the Islanders, I would s- still be freaking out. Like I was freaking out when the Islanders were up three nothing against the Penguins. Yeah, so, no, right. so like I, this is not it's not over. But sure, the Hurricanes are much more likely to win this series now. Um, you know, probably like 75, 25, 70, 30, whatever you want to put it. I, I haven't even seen the updated odds yet. But uh, last year in the playoffs. Uh, Washington Capitals had a very similar uh, kind of thing. Like they lost the game in what two games or a game in overtime against yeah. the Blue Jackets and, and another game both at home. And they came back and their coach happens to be Barry Trotz. And he, he 
did something after game two of that series where he switched goalies, even though Philip Grubauer wasn't playing playing poorly. And whether that changed, it didn't change really anything. Like the, the Capitals got a very good bounce in overtime of game three where Panarin hit the post and then they won the rest of the playoffs. <laughs> uh, so, but like this is a guy who's done it before. And just the fact that he can be able to say that and say, like, like I, I was just in this situation. We've just got to, as Arthur Stable said, like, this team is if they play this game over and over again, if they did it, they've now replicated it twice. Basically, they actually got better if they keep doing this and building on it like they're going to come out with a, they're going to get this at least get the series back home. And at that point, like all bets are off. So, yeah, yeah that's frustrating. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's we'll talk about uh, games three and four uh, right after these messages and we'll we'll see what we can do to maybe. <laughs> turn the tide and, and see if they can get it back to New York. Uh, so just hold on and uh, listen to these messages and we'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Games three and four are in Raleigh, uh, where the Hurricanes are three and zero this uh, this postseason. Uh, yeah, like we said, like you were saying before. I mean, Barry Trotz has been in this exact situation last year with the Capitals, and you know. Part of me too, like, is I can't I can't help but think maybe because I'm conditioned by it now for almost a year. I can't help but think of sort of like the big picture and and how I keep going back to the fact that no none of us thought the Islanders would be here. Here here we are sweating out the second <laughs> losing two games in the second round of the playoffs, a spot none of us thought the Islanders would really be at. You know, a year ago today. Uh, so you know, part of me thinks that the the big takeaway is that they are playing the game that they're supposed to play. They just haven't found the luck. Um, so if they stick with it, they should get uh, a win at some point here or there. Um, I guess they could play Thomas Grice, who is phenomenal when he plays the Hurricanes, particularly when he plays them in Raleigh. Uh, so that would be something. Although you know you'd have to tell Robin Leonard that none of none of these neither of these two games are, have been his fault, not at all. I mean, I guess the the goal today the the Warren Fogle goal uh, wasn't really great, but hey, you know what? I mean, you can't fault the guy for letting up a goal. Uh, so, you know, you can't shut out everybody. Um, so I, I don't know. Like, I mean, what other changes? I mean, I guess they could put in, could sit a Kuhn Hackle here and put in a Dal Cole. Um, I know people are going to want to say Josh Hosang, but I don't know if he's going to get in. Maybe he gets called up, but we'll see. <laughs> it would right. be, it would be really funny. That would be something. Let me tell you, that would, that would really change the the course of uh, a lot of people would have a lot of conflicted feelings because i'm sure they still want the hurricanes to win but then here comes josh hosang um but you know i i just i can't help but think that you know this is this is where uh, barry, i should say barry trotz had a he had there was an article in newsday about trotz the other day and how you know the fact that the islanders are in the playoffs this year doesn't necessarily mean that their five-year plan for making them into a annual contender is over like this just happens to be a lot you know they happen to be in the playoffs a lot faster than they thought they did doesn't mean the job is done obviously 
So I, I can't help but see this still as sort of like laying the groundwork for a successful franchise going forward. But then the other hand, I kind of feel like that's, like you said, giving up on a playoff series that is far from over. I mean, if the Islanders win on Wednesday night, that that changes kind of everything, you know? So yep. uh, it's it's a very weird spot to be in, like a lot of spots we've been in this season, you know? Yeah, I, uh, I can't help but think about that 2013 series. Like we... That was that series was there for the taking, and people thought that was a step in the right direction. And the Islanders consolidated that with a terrible season, Oof. and this right after that. And and obviously Barry Trotz being here will hopefully like mitigate the chances of uh, that happening. So yeah, I don't think uh, they're bringing back uh, an empty tank of getting a Bakov <laughs> next season. You know? Yeah, but uh, okay. yeah, I, I, I th- honestly like there's there's I th- I think Cal Clutter just from the way he was. You know he was banged up going into the series, and I don't. It doesn't look like he's playing. I and like the, the, another reason the series is far from over is like now the the Hurricanes are down Trevor Van Riemsdyk for the rest of the series. Peter Morazic too. Peter Morazic <laughs> is probably like, and obviously Curtis Curtis McElhinney turned into Game One Peter Morazic when he came in, and <laughs> I was it was kind of shocking. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I when when they another beautiful Barclays moment was uh so when the McElhenney came in uh obviously the goalie for the backup goalie for the uh visiting team is behind the net the Islanders shoot twice because that's where they come in it's just it's a funny you know thing and nobody really saw in at least in my section like the goalie swap all of a sudden it was uh now now playing for the Hurricanes is Curtis McElhenney and the the sound is just so was so bad and it was bizarrely timed with the announcement because the, the announcer didn't wait until the game started. And it was just so weird. Everyone's like, wait, what? Like what happened? <laughs> Rassic? And, like nobody knew what was going on. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, McElhinney, he, I mean, he played really well. I thought, I thought he basically, uh, people are like, we got to, I, I don't, there's definitely a funny, uh, strategy, right? There's the, the, the camp of people saying like, fire everything you can at the goal, the back of goalie. And then, mm. There's probably the other people that are like, you know, you want you don't want to like get, you know, throw like a, a, a soft wrist shot from the point so this guy can get a good, you know, a good touch and into the game. So the uh, but the I don't I don't think the Islanders did either of those. They didn't really test him, you know, f- for a couple minutes at least. And then the McElhinney made a couple easy saves and then maybe a couple of really nice saves. And then all of a sudden he was, you know, basically it locked in and, and played really well and. Uh, like, but what I was saying was these, this, this team and then Saku Magdalene and not that he's a huge loss, but like, you know, that's, those are three Mm. game one and game two starters. They were already without, uh, Jordan Martinuk and, uh, Sveshnikov and Michael Furland. Like this is a banged up team as well. Like they've, they've played a lot more hockey than the Islanders have over the, the past couple of weeks. And obviously these, these next two days off are, are huge for the hurricanes, but, um, which is, you know, why why it was so important for the Islanders to kind of do some damage early, but that is now not point is no moot. But uh, like, there's that's like there are entry there are several avenues back into the series, mm-hmm. um, and I think just like one stroke of genius from Trotz, and it could like we were saying, it could be something as simple as Michael Dalcole coming in and playing for, uh, you know, coming in for Clutterbuck and then putting him on that second line with Nelson and Bailey. And then letting Kunako play the Clutterbuck role like that. Who who knows what it is? But mm. there's something that's going to have to, you know, change and like spark this team. So, I I mean, I trust the guy to do it. And 
and as I was saying, my friend, I just, you know, it sucks because you just, you don't want this, this season has been so great and you just, there's no shame in the Islanders losing in the second round of the playoffs in this season after what has happened. But like, I just don't want this journey to end. Yeah, no. And you don't really want it to end like where, yeah, we outplayed them for five games and then lost. Like it's not, you know, that's not the kind of thing. I mean, in a way I think, you know, again, ultimately I think people will look back on this season and be like, damn, that was, that was a great season. You know, we haven't even talked about the fact that since the last time we spoke, Barry Trotz has been rightly named a finalist for the, uh, uh, Jack Adams trophy. And I mean, I got to think he's probably the front front runner. He and John Cooper and Craig Berube are the finalists. Um, you know, I mean, there's been so much amazing things to happen this season that, you know, losing a PDO battle in the second round of the playoffs is not really the way you want it to end. Um, but you know, and again, I don't, we don't want to sound like this series is over again. There are avenues back in the two days off. You know, the, the thing that I kept thinking about is, um, the fact that you and I talked before the season started that or before the series started <laughs> that the Islanders, they, they really needed to win, especially game one, because the Hurricanes were coming off of that emotional game seven. They were going to be tired. They were going to be on, on the road again. And that was the game where the Islanders really, really needed to to take advantage. I mean, they went into overtime tied at zero zero. So, I mean, they just, again, didn't get. A great the, the thirty seconds of bad hockey led to a you know to being down one nothing and there goes that plan and then we thought you know okay well game two they got to come out and play better and win and they did play better but again forty eight seconds is all it took to to doom them again so now they're going into on the road and the Hurricanes have two days off everybody I mean they both have two days off and I feel like that's real that that really worries me you know th- these two days really worry me more than the 10 days off the islanders had because now the hurricanes can really you know they've already kind of gathered you know put banked these two games but now they're going to sleep in their own beds they're going to feel a lot better about themselves they're going to have a lot of media and a lot of friends and a lot of family there now they're really going to be feeling their oats and if anything if, you know the confidence of this team is really something to to really behold and good for them i mean they're on a great run um but that that really has me worried and if i'm if i'm really concerned about game three it's not necessarily in how the islanders play because they've played well on the road they've played well in these last two games it's the fact that you've now opened that window the hurricanes have now opened that window a lot more and can you know gather themselves at home and be like all right let's finish this thing in the way i would think the islanders would also have done if they were in that same situation um and so that that's that's what really worries me it's i don't i don't expect the islanders to come out and play a completely different game on Wednesday, I expect the Hurricanes to come out and play an even better game than they've played in the last two games, and I don't like the idea of that one bit. Yeah, like you wonder if the when you when you look at like the glass half empty, is the Islanders outplayed a team that's very good five on five, two games in a row? Surprisingly, like the Islanders aren't obviously that great a a team at at you know driving play and stuff, and they've they've somehow managed to do it against the the. <laughs> you know, Corsi gods of right. and, and expected goal gods of, of the NHL. So you wonder but and and you know, this is sports and and some some weird shit happens. Hope maybe, you know, it's the Islanders, you know, they're going to need them. They're gonna need a break or two in game three and four. And yeah, I mean it's it's funny that uh, when the Islanders when the Islanders went up uh two nothing against the Penguins, uh they they went into game three and basically were like, you know, we're, we're expecting 
basically them to throw the kitchen sink at us in like the first 10 minutes. But, and the penguins, they didn't really, they did that a little bit. There was some, some, there was like a push, but there really was never that gigantic, like until like the, literally the last like five minutes of the series, like that huge push by the penguins. Hmm. And, and you wonder if like this, the Islanders are going to stick to kind of this sort of, uh, you know, well-structured game they're playing or if they're going to try to, you know, like let's go out and like just completely push play for the first 10 minutes if that's part of their game plan or even or if the Hurricanes do it. So like it's I I still have no idea this is serious. It's still so much has been so much of a chess match. <laughs> right. That I I, I cannot like we, we, we basically knew what the, peng- the Penguins were going to try to do basically on a game to game basis. Barry Trotz basically said it hmm. like he, he when he said after that series excuse me, after this, uh, right before this series started that like, he's like, I knew we were going to beat the penguins. He, he did like, he, he had that series planned out to a T. This is, this one's been much more of a, a chess, chess match. And I've, I've really like, I got no idea what to expect from, from game three and four, but let me game three, especially. And you just hope the Islanders, um, you know, if there is like a gigantic, uh, home, you know, the, the crowds behind them, big push by the hurricanes, who will be jumping because they have a two nothing lead? They'll be playing a little bit looser because of that. Like you just hope the Islanders are, you know, built to kind of absorb and counter, like they kind of did early in the season, uh, in, in games against the Hurricanes and and you know they did against the Penguins very well too. Uh, you know, like just just absorb all that pressure and, and counter and get rushes. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, it's now the margins. The margin for error was already slim in the series for the Islanders. It's it's basically there is no margin for error. If the, the Hurricanes can have a margin for error you hope that robin leonard um i mean he's played really well like yeah super super well and you just hope he you know he's he's steadies stays the course and if he does like the islanders have a still have a significant edge and goal um but yeah i mean yeah. they just literally can't make mistakes they can't have another five on three or anything <laughs> yeah i, I just I, I don't know I, I never i didn't think we would get to this point where they they were playing they played this well and yet still are losing, you know. And again, it's it's Sorry. the kind of thing where it does, it does suck because you don't want to panic. Because like, you're, no. like if the Islanders had been outplayed both these games thoroughly, you're like, right. oh well, like you know, like we've had a good season. But yeah. this is now you're like, there's hope, but you don't. Is it false hope or is it real hope? And right. that's what we'll find out on Wednesday. Yeah, no. Had they been outplayed, you would be like, well, there's a reason these guys were like the hottest team in the league for the half the season and just beat the Washington Capitals. Like it's just kind of, and well, I guess this is where the story ends, but you know, when you're, when you've played as well as the Islanders have, and you're still on the losing end of things, it is very, very, very frustrating. Um, and you know, especially when the world doesn't care, <laughs> you know, like if they, right. if they lose and the people go, ah, oh, those guys weren't that good anyway. And it's like, well, not really. They were, they That's, played pretty well. And it's funny. It is you, funny. like after yeah. the four game sweep of the Penguins, it was, Oh, well, like they PDO'd the Penguins. Robin yeah. Leonard's had a nine sixty save percentage and, and all of this. You're like, well, the Islanders actually played well behind those. Numbers. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, that happened, but they also played well. And now they're playing well and losing and getting, you know, no yeah. breaks. And everyone's just like, well, look, you know, it looks like the Islanders uh, are, you know, finally getting what's what's been coming to them. Like, oh, my God. It's just yeah. it's so fr- – and, and if you're right, like if it ends, let's say hypothetically the, the, the Hurricanes win in four or five, like nobody will talk. They'll just be able to talk about how sweep – it'll be just be sweeping accolades for the Hurricanes mm. and nothing like, yeah, you know, like it was, it, it, it was closer than it looks like. Like kind of like that Penguin series, but it won't be that. It will yeah. just be like, yeah, the Islanders run had to end sometimes, and the magic's up. 
<laughs> uh, Andy Glockner, who was, uh, uh, I guess, an ex-sports writer and Islanders fan, he, he said basically what you just said in a tweet. He said, in round one, the Islanders were the better team and had everything break right. In round two so far, they've been the better team and had everything break wrong. Like, that's just how it's kind of worked. Uh, and, yeah, I, I you know, I thought about something. You've talked about it before, that playoff series against Buffalo, which was, you said, the, was the closest five-game series anybody ever played. I had completely forgotten about that series. Mm-hmm. And I watched every one of those games and I completely forgot how how close it was and how tight it was. And, you know, because at the end of the day, when you lose, nobody really cares, you know. And so I would hate for that to, to happen to these guys. And I don't think it will. And, you know, again, there's there's this team more than any. Uh, and again, I, I, I don't want to I'm trying not, you know, the, the show is still called Islanders Anxiety. So I don't want to uh, you know, give too much of a silver lining out there because I'm sure people are listening to this kind of down, but maybe they they want something positive to hear. I don't know. But, uh, you know, I, I don't – I think that this team, more than any other Islanders team we've seen in years, has an identity. Every Islanders – every team in, in the universe says, oh, that's our identity. But nobody really ever believes it. Nobody has that actual identity. This team has an identity. They have played this way for an entire season and they believe it and they, they trust in each other. And that's where the accountability of the trots is always talking about. They're, they're accountable to each other. They want to play for each other. And not that Island old Islanders teams didn't, cause they obviously did. They were all tight and all friends, but these guys have a game plan and they have stuck with it now for the better part of this season. And I expect them to stick with it also on, you know, Wednesday in Raleigh in game three um, and so if they were to lose, I, I don't know how they would feel about it. I don't know if they would feel comfortable and, and, and happy about it. I would hope that they would not be happy, but, you know, at least still be confident in, in that ability and just like, well, it wasn't, what do you got to do? It wasn't for us. Um, but that, that is kind of a comforting thing to know that they've had, they've come this far with this game plan and they have this identity and you just want to see them win. I mean, at least for us, we just like this team, this addition of the team so much that, we just want to see them win, and you don't want to see them go down in <laughs> a blaze of futility as it is happening right now. Yeah. That would really suck. Um, so I, I, w- I wish I had something more to say, but I really don't. I mean, we've yeah. we've been over it a hundred times in, in a bunch of different ways. Like they've played pretty well. They've been just, resilient, and they've yeah. stuck. They've stuck like they've stuck to the the script so well for mm. now 80, 88 games. And right. the the only thing that will like the Islanders. Next, the next game will be basically you know fifty three forty seven towards the Hurricanes percentage wise. Like it, it's it's going to be close no matter what. Like this game, and if the Islanders can do what they've done, it's it's really like up to that. Like if the Islanders have can stick to what they've done and what's made them successful long, they will be okay. Like they will not saying they'll win the series, but they will be fine. They'll be in that game, and they might even get like they might win, and then they might win the next game. If they don't do that, it's it's over. So like that's like that is like the thing that should be comforting is like there is, as we've said, like there are avenues back into the series, but it's literally just doing exactly what they've been doing <laughs> for six months now. And right. that's that's the crazy thing. Like, OK, like you've lost two games. It feels like the world's crashing down around you, but just like keep doing it. Like, mm. it's like it's like it, like you don't say that to you know if, if a doctor's you know doing a surgery and it's he's doing everything right and things just don't go well it's just like imagine telling him be like no just keep doing exactly what you're doing and and, <laughs> and the, the next patient will be all right like that's what it feels like we're like just 
don't change. It's it's so weird mm-hmm. to like I want to grab all, like the Islanders as an organization and shake them. Just be like, don't change a thing. Like just keep <laughs> doing what you're doing, even though you lost. Just keep doing it, and things will probably be okay. And that's never what it's supposed to be like for as for Islander fans. Like usually it's it, there's there are changes that are slapping you mm. in the face like do this if you do this and this and this like the team will get better if you fire the mm. coach and do this like there are all these wholesale yeah. changes and this one is just don't do a thing like just <laughs> stay the course stay the course and we'll be okay yeah i know yeah it is it is definitely weird but we shall see uh game three is wednesday in raleigh uh we'll all be watching and we'll all be nervous we'll all be Stick to our stomachs and, <laughs> and you know ready to puke the entire time and you know what we're just gonna have to see what happens and that's that's been the trots way you're just gonna have to take it one game at a time and see what happens every every day is a new game one as we learned in in the first series uh so there's that um okay let's uh let's wrap this up <laughs> so we can move on with our uh our evenings uh and our days if you're listening to this in the morning I'm assuming um so sneakyathletic.com you can still get Islanders anxiety or Islanders merchandise there, uh, the goat stuff, the uh, Fort Neverloose stuff. You put anxiety in the discount code box and you could save 10%. That's sneakyathletic.com. Hey, buy it. You never know when they're going to be home. Maybe they will be They will be back again. So we'll see. Uh, no NHL names of the week. NHL names.com. No NHL names.com. NHL name of the week this week. We've talked about all the hurricanes, but definitely visit NHL names.com. It's set up by uh, our friends John and Travis, and you should check it out. Um, what else? Uh, you should read Lighthouse Hockey every single day for your most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion. You should uh, subscribe and rate Islanders Anxiety everywhere you can because we can use it and we really appreciate it. Uh, tell everybody your Twitter handle again. It's the Big Lebowski with two E's. You should follow Mike at the Big Lebowski with two E's. Uh, you get some... Betting tips there. We'll see how the uh, the markets uh, are affected <laughs> by the Islanders and what what Vegas is saying. Hey, maybe they give them a better chance than we do. You never know. They did uh, after after the, the Islanders were after they lost game one. I expected them to be you know plus two hundred, but they were only like plus one fifty. And I was like, wow, like this team like is getting a lot more respected. I thought they would from <laughs> from them. And then now it's. I mean, that's yeah. going to change obviously drastically now. But yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> that's uh yeah there's not a whole lot of teams but again it has been done so and it has been done by the guy who's now coaching our team so there you go another another tiny silver lining for you uh but thanks for hanging out with us we hope that you know we've helped uh helped guide you through the anxiety of uh now being down two games to none nobody wants to be here nobody likes it but we're all in this together we're all islanders as as they used to say and as barry trotz would say so thanks for hanging out with us uh we'll talk to you again uh, I don't know. Sometime next week, I guess we'll we'll have to figure it out. Games, uh, games three and four are Wednesday and uh, and Friday, right? So uh, I don't know what when we'll get a chance to get together, but uh, we definitely will soon. Uh, thanks again, and we'll talk to you later. Bye bye.